while so many wonderful things are happening, I want to I want to remind you that that we are we are planning on the first week of May to launch our construction of the new worship center. Praise be unto God. Praise be unto God. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, my. Glory to God, and we're so thankful for that, and we're, we're excited about all that that entails. I do want to tell you that this past Sunday, this past Sunday, we broke the $3 million mark. Can we give God praise for that? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And so we're in a special season of sacrifice and giving. Let's continue to be faithful in that. And God bless you. I thank God for Tree of Life Church. We have come through some challenges, but God has kept us. Hallelujah. And these challenges have only made us stronger and have only made us better, have only made us wiser, and have only prepared us for what God is getting ready to do. And we thank the Lord for that. Amen. I want to also tell you that this weekend we had a Holy Ghost time here at Tree of Life Church. Amen. Can we thank the Lord? The Ohio District Spanish Ladies Conference was held here in the uh, Tree of Life Church and nine people received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Can we give God the praise for that today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, and we thank the Lord for that wonderful report, and we want to give honor to Brother Rubio and Arbel DeVita. What a wonderful job they did hosting this great conference. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. And uh, we love Brother Rubio, and we thank God. He Every Sunday, he is translating the Word of God into Spanish, and we thank the Lord for that. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, we're so thankful. What an amazing job Arbel DeVita did in uh, hosting a, a lot of people from around the state. And uh, God poured out his spirit, and we're grateful for that. We want to announce that this coming Sunday is family prayer right here at the Tree of Life Church, 930 to 11. How many have been blessed by family prayer over the last several months? God has blessed. God will continue to bless. And this is, a, this is a feature of Tree of Life Church. So we want to encourage you to be a part of that. It's a tremendous time of just prayer and, and, and connecting with God and connecting with one another. And there will be a time of short devotion as we uh, depart that day. But God will bless you as you participate in family prayer. We also want to announce that, announce that we are offering a love and respect seminar. This is for marriage, love and respect marriage seminar. It begins on April 11th uh, from 5.30 to 7 p.m. You can receive info at Connect Point, how to receive the workbook. It's a seven-week series. This is for anybody and everybody that wants to learn the biblical uh, the biblical principles of marriage, and it'll be a blessing to you and to your family. And that begins on April 11th at 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. You can receive Connect Point, info at Connect Point, seven-week series. It's going to be a blessing in the name of the Lord. God is good. and There's so many wonderful things that are taking place, and I want to be a part of what the Lord is doing right now in Jesus name a week from today resurrection Sunday where we celebrate the fact that our Lord 
has risen from the dead and is alive forevermore. Praise God. And so we want to invite people to be in the house of God on that day and every day that they will come. But some people uh, set aside that time to come. And so it's a good time to reach out to loved ones and say, hey, come on with me to the house of God and let the Lord have his way in their lives. I'm going to ask you to turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the gospel according to Mark chapter 2. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ according to the writer Mark chapter 2 and we're going to begin reading at the first verse always such a pleasure to be able to be with you in the house of the Lord to hear the word of the Lord and to uh, be a part of what God is doing mark chapter 2 beginning with verse number 1 again Jesus entered into Capernaum after some days and it was noised that he was in the house and straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. I want to just speak to you for a few moments on this subject. Rip the roof off. Rip the roof off. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor, just tell him, rip the roof off. You got to do a little hand motion when you say it. You got to grab an imaginary roof and rip it off. Amen. Rip the roof off. Let's lift up our voices unto God and ask his blessing upon the preaching of the word today. Lord, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for your presence. And I thank you for the confirmation of your word. And I ask in Jesus' name that you would minister to each and every one that has gathered here today. God, that the word would come alive in our hearts, that we may live for you, that we may serve you, that we may obey you, and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. This is one of the great miracles of Jesus that he performed while he was upon the earth. 
And I want to take a moment today and just, just look at it with you this morning because these miracles that Jesus performed are, there's, there's always something good to, to look into about it. There's always something so beautiful to, to check into and, and to examine. And so, so we're looking this morning at, at one of the great miracles of Jesus. And it happened relatively earlier in his ministry uh, and, but it happened at an interesting time. Jesus had been performing miracles, and he had been performing uh, miracles in uh, Capernaum. I remember visiting uh, Capernaum. Uh, it's pronounced in Israel uh, Capernaum, and, and the reason is because it was considered to be the village of the prophet Nahum, and uh, we call him Nahum, and, uh, and he has, of course, a book in the Bible, and I remember walking around that, that little town. It was a little village. And this is the place where Jesus performed many miracles. And they were showing us some of the sites. And they showed us, uh, they showed us the synagogue that was there in the village of, of uh, Capernaum. And uh, while, while we were visiting this, I, I, I just had a question for the guide. And I asked him, I said, now when Jesus was here ministering if if a person wanted to go and hear him teach uh, where would they go to hear Jesus teach I said I see the synagogue but but his miracles in Capernaum or Capernaum they would take place uh, all uh, around and so I said but but if I was just you know a, a visitor at at Capernaum uh, where would I go to hear Jesus speak and uh, and he said anywhere and I said but no 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 where was he teaching where could I find him teaching you know because I I know where to tell people to come find me and you know you come and get a seat and you can hear me preach the word as best uh, as the Lord will help me and and uh, I said but Jesus you know did he have a set time and a set place he said everywhere he went he was teaching the word and he said you just you just go around and and and, and you, you can pinpoint those places where Jesus was teaching and performing miracles. And that's the way that it was. Jesus was ministering the word of God. And that's the way it needs to be today, ladies and gentlemen. Everywhere you go, take Jesus with you. Everywhere you go, take his word with you. And so he had performed many miracles. And, and the Bible says that, that he, was still, he was still trying to manage uh, how much information got out about him uh, because it was not necessarily the right timing for him to go publish everything. And so even the unclean spirits that he would cast out would cry out and call his name because they knew who he was. And they would, they would cry out and, and say, we know who you are. And he would silence them because, because they knew who he was, the Bible says. And there was a man, the Bible said, that, that came to him, and this man was a leper. There came a leper to him, beseeching him, kneeling down to him, saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Now I want, I want to just point something out before we go any further. 
There came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down, saying, If you want to, you can make me clean. And Jesus was moved with compassion, okay? He was moved with compassion. He put forth his hand, and he touched him, and he saith unto him, I will be thou clean. But the Bible said, as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. So I want you to notice that when he was moved with compassion, the leper was not cleansed. When he put forth his hand, the leper was not cleansed. When he touched him, the leper was not cleansed. But as soon as he had spoken, the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. What that teaches us is the word of God, when it comes forth, has the power in itself to heal and to make clean. This is why the centurion said to him, he said, if you could heal my servant, Jesus said, I'll come right now. He said, I'm not worthy that you should be under my roof. And he said, all you have to do is speak the word only, and my servant can be healed. And the word of God went forth in that very moment and brought healing to that man's servant. Hallelujah. Jesus took the opportunity to make an example of the man and said, now this was a Roman centurion. This was not even a man of the lineage of Abraham. He said, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel as I have found in this man because he had faith in the power of the spoken word of God. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know not only does God speak the word of the Lord, but he put his word in our mouth, and we can speak the word of the Lord. And I want to encourage you today, whatever you're facing, speak the word of God over it. Whatever it is that you are challenged by or that confronts you, open up your mouth. Don't speak defeatism. Don't speak negativity. Don't speak some kind of doubt, but declare the word of God in your life and in your home, in your marriage, in your family, over your children. Declare the word of the Lord. He spoke the word and as he spoke the word immediately the leprosy was departed and the man was cleansed oh hallelujah that's why the bible tells us to teach it diligently to our children to put it upon the doorposts of our home to fill our home with god's word uh, my mother believed that strongly and she put she put pictures on the walls that, that had the word of God on them and she put plaques around the house that had the word of God written upon them. I'd be eating breakfast and look up and, and I couldn't help but read as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'd be brushing my teeth and I, I'd look down and there'd be a little picture that said, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. It was all across our house. She'd put us to bed as children and have the word of God playing on cassette tape as we would fall asleep and we didn't even know it but that word was going into our mind and into our heart when you speak the word there's power in the word of God hallelujah and, and let me be even more specific not only should you speak the word of God in terms of speaking life and speaking praise but you should also speak the actual word of God speak the scriptures declare the scriptures the power of God is in the scriptures his word is spirit and his word is life praise the Lord hallelujah 
Glory to God. And so this man was immediately healed when Jesus spoke the word over him. This, this man of, uh, who was inflicted with leprosy. And, and the Bible said that he straightly charged him. And forthwith send him away and saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. He said to this leper, look, it's not time yet, okay? So don't say anything to anybody, all right? Just, just, let's just keep this whole miracle between you and I at the moment because, you know, they're going to try to crucify me once they hear who I am. And, and it's not time for that. So just wait. Just wait. And, but, but, but here's your healing. Here's your cleansing. Now go to the priest. Bring to him everything that's needed according to the law of Moses. And, uh, and you're, you're going to do all right. You're going to be okay. Verse 45 of Mark chapter 1 tells us what happened next. But the leper, the man who used to be a leper, went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city but was without in desert places and they came to him from every quarter. Everywhere Jesus went in Capernaum, it, it all changed because he couldn't, he couldn't even enter the city. He told this man, now don't tell anybody, this is just between you and I. And the guy's listening to him and, and he walks away from him and he just can't help himself. He's trying to keep it inside. But, but what the Lord had just done for him, he could not keep it inside. What the Lord had just ministered in his life, he could not keep it to himself. He's trying, he's biting his lip, he's biting his tongue, he's trying his best to keep it inside. And the first person he meets, let me tell you what the Lord just did for me. He healed my body, he set me free. This leprosy had me convinced that I was gonna die. This leprosy had me convinced there was no hope for my life. But one encounter with the power and the word of the Lord Jesus Christ has changed my life. Woo. Ah, Lord, have mercy. I wonder, I wonder what would happen if we would just think about the goodness of Jesus. You know, the old song says, when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. Now, I want you to understand, one of the reasons why your soul may not cry out as much as it should is because you don't think about the goodness of Jesus enough. Or maybe you don't think about, oh, that he has done for you maybe you think about a little bit here or there when somebody reminds you or on Sunday morning when you come to church but when you think of the goodness of Jesus and oh sometimes you just gotta sit down and praise God sometimes you just gotta sit down and count your blessings name them one by one Think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for you. And when you do it, your soul will cry out. When you do it, there'll be something on the inside of you that cannot restrain itself. And you just have to give him praise. Hallelujah. 
I got to tell you what Jesus did for me. My hand was imperiled with leprosy. The organs of my body were shutting down. There were parts of my body that had no more feeling. Neuropathy had set in. Corruption and corrosion had overtaken my life. But just one encounter with Jesus Christ, I beseeched him. I knelt before him. I called unto him. He was moved with compassion for me. He stretched forth his hand unto me. He touched me. He spoke his word into my life. And I have been made whole. Anybody been made whole today? Can you give God praise for it in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. Come on, if he's made you whole, give him praise today. Praise God. After some days, because this guy, man, he, the Bible said he blazed it abroad. I mean, that's an interesting word. It, it, in other words, it set fire. It was, like, it, was like, it was like an uncontainable fire. He just started telling everybody he could. He published it much. He published it. Okay, he published it. I mean, this guy's tweeting. This guy's making Instagram stories. This guy's like press release. He's publishing this news. Jesus said, let's just keep this between us. But he can't even hold it inside because it's just been so good to me. He publishes it much, blazes it abroad, and, and, and to the point that Jesus could not even enter the city anymore. Every time he would walk into the city, he would be overwhelmed by people, and, and, and he could no more openly enter into the city. And for people to come to Jesus, they would have to leave where they were and go into desert places to find the Lord. Now, we talk about how Jesus was in the marketplace, and he was. Many miracles occurred as he walked among the people. But there were other times he was in desert places. And that you had to leave the city and go find him. And, and you've got to know that that's how this works. You, if you want Jesus, you've got to go find him. You've got to go get him. Hallelujah. You've you got to ask, listen, ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door it shall be opened unto you. Hallelujah. The Bible said that if you seek him, you're going to find him. In fact, the Bible said, seek him while he may yet be found. Something's got to well up inside of you that says, I want to see God. I want to find the Lord. You, you can't just sit around being lazy and complacent and carnal. And, and, and we've dealt with that over the last year. My goodness, so much. It's, it's you know, the, the, the bad thing about people having church on their phone is that when, while the preacher's laying his foundation and, and he hadn't really got into it much yet, we just start Googling polar bears in Antarctica. We just start watching stuff. Just start looking at stuff. I'll get back when he's into it. I'll get back when he knows where he's going. 
And, and, that's, and, and, and that's the challenge. We get carnal and we get lazy and we get complacent. And your flesh will never check you on that. So if you're waiting for your flesh to wake you up, that you've started drifting and getting distant from God, you'll be waiting forever. It will never happen. You've got to shake yourself. You've got to find Jesus. You've got to come to where he is. If you've got to leave the city and go to a desert place, place you better leave that city and go to a desert place and find the Lord hallelujah you you've got to reach for him you've got to pray to him you've got to call to him hallelujah praise God he hears the cry of the humble heart he hears the heart cry. He warned us not to pray with vain repetitions because they don't work, he said. They're not, they're not effective. I want you to know that's true. We can spend hours saying stuff that we don't really mean. We can say spend hours saying stuff that's just repetitive because it's what you're supposed to say. But if it doesn't come the, from the heart, it doesn't reach the throne. If it doesn't come from the heart, it doesn't reach the throne. You've got to cry unto him, beseech him, kneel before him. Hallelujah. Finally, after some days of, of this big miracle having been told and blazed abroad and published much, after some days, the Bible said he went back to that little village and it was noised whoo, that he was in the house. Hallelujah. When Jesus is in the house, you've got to make some noise. It was noise. Hallelujah. I love it when the... I wonder if somebody could just make a joyful noise. Hey, apostolic Pentecostal people, don't forget who you are. We make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I know we got here at 9.30, but hear me. We better wake up and give him the praise. We better wake up and worship his name. Glory to God. It was noised that Jesus was in the house. And straightway, immediately, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And what did he do? He preached the word. Hallelujah. He preached the word. He didn't put on a show. He didn't, he didn't try to entertain. He gave them what they were looking for. He preached the word unto them. This is the word of the kingdom. Now what makes this account so famous in the scriptures is that there was a man who came to the door of that house. And this man, to get to the door of that house, had a remarkable set of hurdles that he had to overcome in order to arrive at that point. Because he could not walk. He was a man who was sick of the palsy, and he was, he was a paralytic. He could not walk. 
He was crippled. He was unable to walk. He, had, he laid on a bed his whole life. That was his, that was his dwelling place, was to lay upon a bed. But the Bible said that there were four men, there were four people who brought him to that house. I don't know who those precious four people were. But they were good people. I don't know, because listen, we talk about how that they took him up to the rooftop. But they didn't just take him to the rooftop. They brought him from wherever he had been that day. Wherever he started that morning, they met him. He requested their assistance. Sometimes it's hard to get one person to help you out. There were four people. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Church of the living God, hear me. Be willing to be part of the four. Hear what I'm telling Don't just assume somebody else has got that. Be part of the four. I don't know what needs these four men had. I don't know if their back was aching. I don't know if they're anything like me. They probably had an ache or a pain somewhere. Could have found some excuse, but they didn't, they didn't make any excuses. This man had a need. They might have had a pain in the back, but they didn't. They were able to use their legs. And this man had a, a need. And they, they picked him up and they carried him from wherever he was to wherever he needed to go. Always be willing to be part of the four. Oh, listen, listen, we know that the, the four, it wasn't Abraham or David or Moses or Joseph. It wasn't one of those big, popular, big name heroes of the faith. We don't even know their names. We've got to get a mindset that nobody has to know our name. We're just going to help people find Jesus. Come on, I've come to tell somebody it's time to say my pain in the back can wait. It's time for somebody to say my need can wait. There's somebody that needs Jesus right now. Be part of that crew that goes through the town looking. Is there anybody that can't get to him? Because Jesus is in the house. It's noised. It's noised that Jesus is in the house. There's a joyful noise coming from that house. And I know brother so-and-so isn't able to get there on his own. My Lord have mercy. We ought to be picking people up. Make sure your friend has a ride. Make sure your friend has a way to the house house of God. Anybody, listen, anybody recognized in the last year how valuable it is to be in the presence of the Lord, to be in the house of God. Bring them. Be part of the four. Be part of the crew. Nobody has to know my name. Yeah, I've got a place in the Bible. Imagine being part of those four. And you're reading Mark all through the book of Mark. I was in that. I was in, I was in his ministry. I wonder if he mentioned me. I wonder if I'm in there. Oh, there's the story. I wonder what, I wonder what part of the story talks about what I did. Only to find out you're just kind of mentioned with a measly four. It doesn't even mention your name. You send in a bio and everything. And it, all, they, all they did was, you've got to forget that stuff. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if anybody knows who we are. It matters if they can get to Jesus. 
It matters if they can have their life changed. It matters if they can receive the healing and the provision and the grace that they need. And when they bring this man from wherever they brought him and they carried him, that was a journey in itself. That was a task on its own. That, that was a hardship of its own. Of its own. And they, they arrive at the door and when they get to the door, they can't even get in because of the press of the people. The press of the people. I mean, it's just, there's just no way. Nobody can squeeze past anybody. They are crowded out the door. It was so noised that Jesus was in the house. Hallelujah. Y'all, I can't wait to build this worship center. Lord, fill it up. Fill it up with people who have needs in Jesus' name. Tree of life, we've got to be ready. I need to say this. We've got to be prayed up and ready to meet needs. When we come to the house of God, we need to be ready to meet the needs of the people that arrive. And when we go from this place, we need to be ready to meet the needs of those that we encounter out in this world. Ready to minister healing. We are here for the healing of the nations. I want this, I want this worship center packed with people that are seeking salvation, packed with people who have a desire to worship God with all of their hearts. This man was sick of the palsy. He was, he was paralyzed and unable to, to walk, and, and he comes to the door, and, and he can't get in because of the press of the people. And, and sometimes, sometimes, that's the way it is. People come to find Jesus only to find out that there are obstructions, that there are blockages, that there are, there are things coming between them and the Lord. Maybe you have found that in your own life, that, that there are just issues, issues, problems, people. That was the big issue, people. And, and so many times that's what our problem is. It's it's people. We love Jesus. It's people that kind of get on our nerves. And we all get on somebody's nerves. There's nobody cool enough that you don't get on somebody's nerves. You get on somebody's nerves. Not mine, but you get on somebody's nerves. And I know I get on a lot of people's nerves. I understand this. We, we just do. And so sometimes we let people come between us and Jesus. We, we, let, we let people and their problems and their issues and their needs come between us and Jesus. And, and this man, he can't walk. Here's, oh, I wish I could preach it like I need to preach it. Hear what I'm telling you. You know what his issue was? He could not walk. That was his problem. He could not walk. And that is many times our case in a spiritual sense. And, and, and God can heal you of physical needs and of spiritual needs. But so many times our condition is that we have trouble walking with God we, we oh yeah we we love to praise him it's it's not the shout that gives us trouble sometimes sometimes it's just walking with him 
You know, the walls of Jericho came tumbling down, but they came tumbling down. There was a lot more walking involved than there was shouting. We talk about the great shout that brought the walls down. But they walked around every day, one time a day, and on the seventh day, seven times. They did a lot more walking than they did shouting. Listen, a Sunday shout is great. I love it. But it can't replace daily walking with the Lord. Just a closer walk with thee. And I'm going to tell you something. When you come in contact with Jesus, he'll give you power to walk with him. And you'll walk with him through the mundane of Monday. And you'll walk with him through the monotony of Tuesday. And you'll walk with him through the woefulness of Wednesday and the thrashing of Thursday and the fear of Friday and, and the slumber of Saturday. You'll walk with him, walk with him, walk with him. Listen, when you're walking with God, you can deal with people a lot better. When you're walking with God, people issues don't affect you quite as much. You just hold tight to his hand and keep walking with him. Hallelujah. Don't let people distract you from serving Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If you have your eyes upon people, it's only a matter of time you'll fall away from God. If you have your eyes on people, it's only a matter of time you'll fall away from God. Keep your eyes upon the Lord. He's why you're here. He's why you're here. He's the healer. He's the Savior. He's the deliverer. Don't let this press of people keep you from finding Jesus. And when you find Jesus, guess what it'll do? It'll make you love the people that once caused you so much pain or, or issues. This man could not get through because of the press of the crowd. You know, one of the groups of people that were there were the scribes. The scribes. Now, the scribes are, they are conf that's kind of a difficult situation because the reason we call them scribes is because they would, they would provide script and they, they knew script. They knew the scriptures. The scribes could quote folks under the table because they spent their lives looking at the word of God, looking at the law. And so they could quote Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. They could quote this stuff. They were scribes. But when Jesus taught, people would walk away from his teaching saying, he teaches differently than anybody else we've heard. He teaches as one having authority, not as the scribes. Because it's one thing to be able to quote the word. It's another thing to understand who the word is talking about. Hallelujah. Jesus said, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. They could quote the word, but they didn't know that the word was foretelling Jesus. So the scribes are, are able to rest on their idea that they know the scriptures better than anybody here except Jesus because he's the word made flesh, and they know it better than anybody. So when Jesus forgives this man of his sins, do you know what they said? Instead of rejoicing, they said, this is blasphemy. No man can be forgiven of his sins except by God himself. Well, well, that's just it. Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. They would have known that if they had understood the scriptures they were quoting. 
but they were void of revelation and understanding. And so they, instead of rejoicing over someone being forgiven of their sins, they called it blasphemy. This is one of the issues that people face when they come to find Jesus, is that, is that there, is this, there is this looming accuser of the brethren that tries to tell you that Jesus can't forgive you of your sins. There's this looming accusation from your adversary that tells you you'll always be shackled to your past. I want somebody to hear it now. I want you to hear it loud. I want you to hear it clear. And I want you to believe it with all your heart. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. If the wicked will turn from their wicked ways, the Lord will remember their wickedness no more. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Don't let any lying devil tell you that your past still has a hold on you. Let Jesus forgive you of your sins. Oh, but pastor, you don't know what I've done. I don't have to know what you've done. I know what Jesus did. You don't know what, what, what kind of bad things I was involved with. I don't need to know what kind of bad things you were involved with. I know the goodness of God, and I know the blood of Jesus Christ, and I know the word, the infallible word of the Lord. And I'm telling you, he will cleanse every, and I do mean every, sin stain from your life. He will wash it clean. He will cleanse you. He will cleanse you. Cleanse you from that unrighteousness. Cleanse you from that filthiness. Cleanse you from that ungodliness. God will do it. And he did it through Jesus Christ. So don't you let some lying devil trying to quote scriptures to you like the devil did with Jesus in the wilderness. He may know how to quote the scriptures too, but he has, he has denounced the Lord just as the scribes did. Hallelujah. It's time. It's time to press into Jesus. Listen, if you've got some lingering condemnation, if you've got some people issues that are preventing you from coming to Jesus Christ, it's time to go higher. You can't get through the press then go over the press. You can't get pushed past the crowd, then go above the crowd. You, 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 can't, you can't manage, you can't manage to, to get wiggle room between you and the scribes, then, then go over the scribes. Go to the rooftop. Go, go into the high things. Hallelujah. I want you to know where God dwells. God dwells in a higher plane. Hallelujah. And the lower you go in your flesh, the higher you'll go in the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. This is why the devil wants to take a position in a high place in your life. The Bible talks about us wrestling against spiritual wickedness in high places. The Bible says that we need to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Because the devil knows that if he can get the high ground on you, then he has a war advantage on you. There is no higher ground, hallelujah, than the spirit. 
Spirit of the Lord. There is no higher ground than the name of Jesus Christ. There, there is no higher ground huh, than the Word of God. He has magnified His Word even above His name. The Bible warned us not to get caught up in the rudiments of this world, not to get caught up in the fleshly things of this life. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The apostle told us, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. It's time to go up. The Bible said he's going to make my feet like hind's feet. And set me up on high places. The Bible said they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want every person sick of the palsy. Every person who hasn't been able to walk. I want you to hear ye the word of the Lord. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint God is going to take you higher he's going to take you higher he's going to take you higher than the high things I want to tell you ladies and gentlemen about your praise the power of our praise is not in our emotion now we are we get emotional when we praise God we were worshiping God and somebody said oh that's just a bunch of emotion I said well it's not just a bunch of emotion, but it is a bunch of emotion. Because we do get emotional when we think of his goodness. I can't help it. I start thinking of his goodness, and I get emotional. And I want to shout, and I want to dance, and I want to give him glory. I want to praise his name. It's not just a bunch of emotion, but there's a bunch of emotion. And, and that's great. That's wonderful. But the power of our praise is not in our emotion. The power of our praise is in the truth we say about the Lord. Because the more that we declare him and to describe him and, and exalt him, we are lifting him higher. Higher in our mind, higher in our heart, higher in our life, higher in our circumstances. We just keep lifting him higher. That's what we mean when we say lift him up. Lift praises unto him. Lift him higher. Keep lifting him higher. That's what we're doing. We're, we're lifting him higher. Higher than what? Higher than the high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Higher than the depression. Higher than the fear. Higher than the people issues. Higher than the scribes who tell us God can't forgive us. Higher than those who accuse us of being shackled to our past. I just keep lifting the blood of Jesus higher than all of that. That's what I'm doing with my praise. So with my mouth I utter the goodness of the Lord. I stop where I am and I say, Lord, you are my Savior. I worship you and I honor your name. I praise you with my whole heart. You are great and greatly to be praised you are excellent 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 in all your ways you are high above the earth oh lord our lord how excellent is thy name in all the earth who has set thy glory above the heavens
heavens. Come on, keep lifting him higher until he is the most high. Here's the beautiful thing about being in the name of Jesus. See, when I was baptized in the name of Jesus, I was in Jesus at that point. I'm in Jesus. I'm in Jesus. So when I lift Jesus higher, it's kind of like the elevator. I stepped into the elevator, and I pushed the button. Boop. It's the elevator going up. I'm only going up because I'm in it. So when I praise Jesus, it's Jesus going up. I'm going up too because I'm in him. Hallelujah. And when I step off that elevator and look out the window, I'm looking down on things that used to look down on me. Hallelujah. Lift him up. Lift him up. Lift him higher. Lift him higher. Come on, that's it. Go to the rooftop and rip the roof off. Go to the rooftop and rip the roof off. It's time to let the showers of God rain down. It's time to let the blessings of the Lord into your life. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm sure glad we have this in place. I heard that lightning and saw that, heard, heard that thunder, saw that lightning, and, I, and it was always a nice thing to have a big roof over your head. And you do that sometimes. You guard yourself with the roof you place over your life. But, but you also, in a spiritual sense, you can prevent God from showering his mercy, showering his love into your life. It's time to get whatever is blocking him to rip it off. Hallelujah. I'm going to find him. I'm going to seek him. If I have to crawl through a crowd to touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to do it. I'm going to call unto him. If I need to have a need in my daughter's life, I'll be like the Syrophoenician woman. I'll pray to him. If he calls me a dog, I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to find him. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to seek him until I get what I need from the Lord. I love him. I worship him. I praise him. And I'll rip the roof off of anything that stands in my way. Hallelujah. How many have a need this morning? Could you lift your hands right now and go a little higher? Come on, could you go a little higher? Could you go a little higher than the issues that are obstructing the move of God in your life. Uh, I wonder if there's anybody here today that wants to go a little higher. Hallelujah. I'm sick of this world trying to tear us down. I want to go a little higher in Jesus. I want to go to the rooftop. I'm going to rip off the shingles. I'm going to get to Jesus. I'm going to get to the power of God that he has for my life. If you'll stand with me right now all across this house. God wants to do something in our midst this morning. I said God wants to do something in our midst this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you believe it, just go ahead and begin to praise his name right now. If you believe it, go ahead and praise his name right now. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 What is it that's standing between you and God right now? I'm going to tell you what will take you higher. Prayer will take you higher. 
I'll tell you what will take you higher. Praise will take you higher. I'll tell you what will take you higher. Loving your neighbor will take you higher. I'll tell you what will take you higher. Forgiving those who have hurt you will take you higher. I'll tell you what will take you higher. Repenting from your sins and turning from wicked ways. That will take you higher. Hallelujah. The apostle Peter came home. And when he walked in the house, they were preparing a meal. <laughs> what do you do when you have spare time? What do you do when you have spare time? Do you pray? What do you do? The apostle Peter went to the rooftop. He went higher. And he prayed. And he prayed until the Bible said he fell into what the scriptures call a trance. A, a holy hush fell about him and and all that he could sense was the voice of God and 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 the Lord brought down a sheet in front of him and a voice the voice of the Lord said rise Peter slay and eat on that sheet were all manner of unclean food items food that he would never dream of eating and the Lord said rise slay and eat and to the voice of God, Peter said, Nay, Lord, not going to do it. And the voice said again, Rise, Peter, slay and eat. But Lord, this is unclean. And the Lord said, Don't you call what I have cleansed common or unclean. God was going to open the door to the Gentile nations. Peter didn't even know it. But in his heart, there was, a, there was a bias. There was a prejudice against the Gentile nations. He didn't even think that they could receive the gospel. But the voice of the Lord was dealing with his heart, saying, I'm going to open the door to the Gentile nations. Don't you call what I have cleansed common or unclean. Don't go back under the law, Peter. I have fulfilled the law. And you're living in the perfect law of liberty. You're living in the law of mercy and grace. And Peter, I want you to rise up. And I want you to preach this gospel to the four corners of the world. Hallelujah. The only way Peter could ever get to that place was by going a little higher in Jesus. Going to the rooftop. Ripping the roof off of his paradigm. Ripping the roof off of his false perspective. And saying, Jesus, let me see you in your fullness, in your glory, in your power. I believe God wants to do that for somebody this morning. I just believe it in my soul that God wants to do that for somebody this morning. Could you make your way to the front of this house if you have a need and, and, and you found things obstructing you. Maybe it's your own carnality. Maybe it's your own complacency. Maybe it's a physical ailment. Sometimes it's hard to pray when you have physical sickness. That physical sickness will weaken your body and, and it will wear on your spirit to where people literally have to pray for you. They pray for you because your, your spirit is weakened. Do you have a physical need? Bring it to God right now. 
bring it to God right now. Do you need healing in your heart or healing in your home, healing in your marriage? Come on, bring it to God right now. What prayer need have you have you sought God about that, that it hasn't been resolved yet? I want you to bring it to the Lord Jesus. Oh, he's in this place. He's in this place. He's in this place. He is here. He is here. He is here. Hallelujah. He's in the house. He's in the house. He's in the house. Oh, precious Jesus, we love you. Precious Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah. God has a miracle for you today. God has a miracle for you today. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. God, let your miracles flow right now. Let your miracles abound in the name of Jesus Christ. Ha! Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let your miracles abound right now. In the name of Jesus. Lord. 